Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Monkey Mind Journal. It's your boy, Woozy. I want to first off apologize to you guys. I've been very much so MIA. Um, I'm not going to lie, I got pretty busy with some projects that I've been working on. I got the main podcast that I work on, Special Friends Podcast. I uh, was working on that. I've been helping out with another podcast. Um, went through a breakup. You know, um, I lost rights to the intro song. So I don't know if you know, but the intro song might be different on this video. Should be different on this video. Um, holidays, sister had a baby shower. A lot of things came, were going on to make a culmination of like, not being able to do this, traveling back and forth to Fresno. So all that aside, we're here. I wanted to get back to this and I have a goal for this podcast. I have a major goal. Only goal that I have, because you know, the views and the comments, all that stuff is going to come. But the goal that I want to have for this podcast was inspired by a customer came in and sorry if I'm getting right into it, but a customer came into the restaurant, I mean, to the restaurant, so, you know, I'm back in my old days. A customer came into my job where I work at. I'm a salesman for a, for a diesel company, uh, diesel services. And he was speaking. He works for, he does, um, he called it, he does picture cars. Where basically his job is to find unique cars and set them up on set. Um, set them up on set. And <clears throat> he was talking about the dream of a, comp, the dream of a, any show is to get to syndication. So as someone who's in media, I'm, I, I've heard the word syndication in radio world, but I never knew what it, what it meant. I knew that I knew that syndication has something to do with being worldwide, but I never knew the true definition. So I looked it up and syndication as far as TV shows is when you finally get a hundred episodes and you're basically allowed to be marketable. So when I thought about that, I wanted that to be the goal for this podcast. And I want to get to, a hundred episodes. I think, I think that's a solid goal and that's, that's the only goal I want to have. Um, so yeah, now, you know, my goal for this podcast, you know, that don't mean what that's being said. If you're watching right now, do me a favor, like comment and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to the email list. If you want to get this video straight to your email. And also if you're listening to this on Apple music, I mean on a Apple podcast or Spotify, subscribe on there too. Um, that doesn't mean I don't want subscribers. That don't mean I don't like views and likes like that. But again, my only goal, my major goal is to get to hundred episodes. So subscribing and things like that will help me be more motivated to do such a thing. So if you came across this, also, if you came across this comment, how you found this, whether it be an Instagram reel or somebody told you about it, I want, I want, I want to know how you guys found, found this podcast. I think that would, that would be pretty dope information to have, but, um, yeah, let's get right into it pretty much. Um, you know, I, I do want to, before I get into any topics, I do want to kind of talk about, um, you know, I sat down, you know, I want to talk about what I did today, Saturday, sat down with a, with a nice, cool guy named Sue. Um, 28 years old, goes to the church that I go to, and he was just a he was just a dope person, real hustler. Um, it's crazy you never know what somebody is going through or has gone through. Um, and Sue's such a kind soul, such a good dude. Um, found out that he's going through some hardship himself, and he doesn't see it that way. But nonetheless, that's just what I've what I what I saw. You know, he's going through a divorce. Um. But for him to be so positive and so fired up about life really inspired me. He was such a dope person. He makes content himself. Um, yeah, and I was like, you know, we went, sat down, had lunch or brunch, technically brunch. You know, I had some, I had an egg scramble with some bacon. He had some brioche French toast, looked fire. I'm not going to lie, it looked really good. And, you know, I was just, it was just dope. You know, I came down to Sacramento with a mission to get with people of like mine as far as content creation and, and people who are doing things like this. Um, so it was dope to see, kind of see that in reality. And it it was dope to speak to him for a little bit and enjoy that time together. Shout out to Sue. Just want to give that. That's what I did today. 
pretty dope. Um, friends were here last week, had a good time when roller skating, found out that I have a love for roller skating. I mean, not found out, I know, but you know, you learn something again, like, dang, I really love doing this. Remembered when I went roller skating last weekend, found my love for roller skating again. So if you hear a lot of stories about roller skating, that that's where that's where it stems from because I found out I love it again. <laughs> but um yeah, it's New Year. Happy New Year. Haven't seen you guys in a while. So happy new year. Hope you guys have a lot of intentions for this year. Um shooting for the stars, but not beating up yourself when you land on the moon. You know what I'm saying? I really hope you guys are locked in. I'm locked in. I'm I'm really happy about the trajectory I have for this year. And, you know, I just want to go for it, go full fledged, you know, just go all the way in. So very excited about this year and what it has to bring. So I do want to go into um, my goals for this year. Obviously, I shared my goals for the podcast um, as far as the Monkey Mind Journal, and that's to get to syndication. I want to make it to 100 videos. I don't know if I'll do that this year. I don't think so. If I post every week, that'll only be 50 videos, and I don't think I'll be posting twice a week. So, um, But again, trudging towards that goal. So major goal is to get to 100 videos for this podcast. But I have some quarterly goals, which was heavily inspired by Life Ariza. If you guys are into vlogs at all, especially cinematic vlogs, check her out. Life of Riza, R-I-Z-A. Um, really dope, really dope individual. Really love her content. Um, inspired me to get more cinematic with my videos. But she talks, she showed on her Notion calendar that she does quarterly goals. And not only does she do, does not only does she do quarterly goals, but she also writes down action steps to follow to achieve those goals. So um, for this quarter, I have three goals that I want to sh- shoot out for. So I got to March to achieve these. And the first one I'm working on the most is to create an editing routine that is as serious as my job. Uh, it's easy for side hustles like this to let things go to the wayside, to not take it as serious as your job, you know. Um, and I kind of want to not do that. I obviously I, w- I want to take this as serious as I would if I'm clocking in. If I'm clocking in, I'm not letting people hang hang out on the phone for too long. I'm not, you know, BSing too much on the clock. I'm not scheduling things on top of work. You know, I want to take my editing routine in that same way. So that's my my biggest thing, creating a routine that I can stick to and not only stick to but feel comfortable letting people know that no, don't talk to me from this time to this time. <clears throat> Whether that be uh, a time or a day, whatever, experimenting with some times right now. So that's my major goal. My second goal is to create a photo shoot idea. I pretty much have the idea laid out, but I want to push my craft in photography. I, I, photography for me is just something I genuinely love to do. I'm in a Polaroid photography for, specifically, but... I really want to get into creating more shoots, creating more, you know, putting more thought behind the the photos that I'm taking, Um, getting better with my lighting skills and things like that and creating moods and memories. So I want to I want to do that. Um, So I want to create a photo shoot idea and I already have the idea, but kind of flesh it out so I can then try to apply that in the summer. So going to again and got this quarter to, to really flesh that out and create and create a full idea as far as everything that goes into that and then I want to do a dedicated networking trip this is the one I'm probably most excited about um I'm debating if I should do it as going to a networking event or doing it as going to a city and try to network with the people I think I'm gonna try to do the networking with people first you know reach out to some people let them, you know, uh, let them know what I do, how I found them interested in, see if they want to sit down. Don't really want to, you know, be like, oh, we should make content while I'm out there. I mean, that would be dope, but I think I want to just really like get to know people on a friendship level. Um, if they're willing, you know, I, I think, I think, um, you know, we get caught up. I think I, I talked about that. I talked about this with Sue today. Sometimes we get caught up on 
oh, I need X amount of money to hire these people and blah, blah, blah. And you, we think we need a certain amount of money to get in connection with certain people. But as I experience life more, there's nothing, having a genuine relationship with somebody is worth way more than any amount of money you can give them. Um, so I want to, I want to breathe that this year and do these dedicated networking trips. I think they should, I think they would be good. And if you're watching this and you're in a city somewhere, hit me up. I'm down to pull up and hang out and let me, you know, introduce me to the people that I'm, 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 I'm here. I'm open to explore. I think, I think that's something that's important to, to expand on. I think that'd be pretty dope. Um, on top of just the goals I have for myself, I do have some challenges that I'm doing. Um, it's a guy, I can't remember his name right now, but he coined, he, he, um, got popular for creating this thing he calls monk mode. I've been following for a while. I tried the 75 hard and why I enjoyed the little time. I, didn't, I never did the full 75 days cause I'm not as, I'm not as disciplined as I, as I would like to be. But while doing it, I found it was more of a deterrent to me being productive than it was helping me be productive. Um, so I'm kind of putting off 75 hard for right now. Just don't fit my lifestyle that I'm living. So in line with that, I'm going into monk mode, which is similar in a sense, as far as being focused on being productive, but 75 hard is all about, you know, drinking a gallon of water, working out twice a day, reading books a certain amount of time, you know, I can't remember the other rules of it, but those are the rules versus monk mode is about being, being, um, aware, being present meditation, um, being clear of mind. So no alcohol, no drugs and working out again, just being in tune with your body and being, just being as sharp as possible. And that's, I think that's more in line with what I'm trying to achieve this year. So I'm heavy on the monk mode right now. I'm going to do that. So sobriety, I'm doing monk mode for about six months. So I'm going to be sober until June, see it as a fast, you know, giving it up. Working out is not, you know, trying to incorporate working out every day in my schedule. That's not a thing only till June. I want to keep that going, especially I kind of, I kind of follow up around the holidays. So I want to be able to consistently keep that going throughout the year. Um, that's everybody's new year's resolution, right? Working out more. So I'm just trying to find a consistent flow right now. I'm just going and doing 30 minutes of cardio. So hopefully after a while I'll get, you know, as I get more in routine, it'll be easier to do the weightlifting. I want to get in the routine first before I start throwing weightlifting. Cause it's easy when you get sore to not want to go back to the gym. So creating that muscle first, and then I'll get into, um, doing weights and whatnot. Plus cardio is good for you. Keep the heart going. Um, and then waking up early, uh, this is not part of monk mode, but something I realized, I remember, I think it was ET the hip hop preacher. He was saying how he gets up. I think I can't remember. It was four 30 or three 30 in the morning. He does his morning run slash walk. And I remember thinking to myself like, man, why would you get up that early? But I, I saw it was another, I can't remember. I think it might've been Casey Neistat or something like that. I think he gets up early too. And he talked about being up that early. There's zero distractions. There's no networking emails hitting your inbox. Obviously most people are asleep. So no one's texting you. Um, No one's calling you. Social media is dead. Like, there's no, there's no distractions. So you can get so much done in a short amount of time because there's not literally, there's nothing to distract you at all. I mean, yeah, you can doom scroll on internet on the internet, but the, your willpower that early in the morning is, is so strong that you're able to tell yourself no a little bit easier. So I want to kind of tap into that a little bit more and use that time to really knock out some of the more challenging tasks that I, I find myself not doing at the end of the day. I want to try to get them down, get them done as early in the day as possible. I think what I said, uh, swallow the swallow, swallow the frog first is a phrase I've heard said a lot. So that's a big thing that I want to do. So yeah, new years don't really get, I'm not, I'm not, I don't subscribe to resolutions, but those are the goals that I have. And those are some of the challenges I'm placing on myself. I really want to turn it up a notch this year. Um, 
if you guys watching on YouTube, do me a favor, comment, you know, some challenges that you're, that you're trying to overcome. I think that would be really dope. I want to see what kind of intentions you guys have for your, for yourself, uh, and what you're trying to achieve sharing. That would be, I would, I would love that. Even if you're watching this later in the new year, still comment it down below what, what you are doing, you know, cause you know, we're going to put forward that, right? Um, what the new year, you know, a lot of things, um, what the new year for me personally, the new year always brings a lot of change. Again, like I said, I just recently, uh, have broken up with, with my girlfriend that I was dating for about a year. Kind of sucked. I'm not going to lie. But again, I believe it might be for the best in the end. Um, but you know, through that, I was learning a lot. You know, you start to reflect a lot more. New Year's, the beginning of the year and the end of the year, I reflect I reflect a lot because it's an end and a beginning at the same time. It's a loop. So I just reflect on the last year and reflect on what, I, on what I'm trying to achieve and whatnot. And not only with the breakup, with my job, there's been a lot of change. My boss has realized that he hasn't been... Um, as hands-on with us at work as he'll like to be so with that he's 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 really getting involved with you know specializing our positions and excuse me creating more um specializing the positions creating more opportunities giving you know giving us the time to to really flesh out our skills and things like that um and it's it's been challenging I realize for me, change is very uncomfortable for me personally. I think it's for most people, right? But I never realized how uncomfortable I I am with change. Like the things that I know are going to be for the better, I still don't want to do. It's kind of, it's kind of funny how that works. Um, yeah, I was um so recently basically the the change that he made that's making me most uncomfortable is at work I sit we know we sit in the office environment and usually I'm sitting like uh neck and neck with my coworker. You know, we sit he was sitting on my left, I was sitting on the right. Uh we moved desk into a, a bigger um more square space. So he's the manager, so he has a bigger desk and I wanted to sit in a desk that was um, more in line with the door so I can see who's walking in, see who's coming in. Like my back's not to anybody. I like, I, you know, I, I like to be, sorry about that. Let me mute this. Let me mute this real quick. There we go. Um, I wanted to basically be in eyesight of the customer. And also I like, you know, it's a comfort thing to also be aware who's walking in and out the door. A boss has put me in the corner, essentially. <laughs> and I've, you know, tried to give pushback. He's like, no. Um, so I'm like, whatever. I just kind of took it head on. But sitting in a corner, man, has. Again, I don't, I'm not the biggest proponent of like believing in, I have like in trauma and stuff like that. But I was reflecting on like, why is sitting in the corner such like a triggering experience for you other than just the change aspect. Cause obviously the change is different, you know, and that's uncomfortable, but as I sit in the corner, it, it took me back to a younger time. And I don't know if anybody else has had the same experience, but I was one of those kids who talked a lot in school. Not going to lie. Talked too much. Deserve to get in. I don't think I deserve to get in trouble. I mean, I say that, but I understood the nuisance it caused for the teacher because Najara over there talking, kids ain't doing their work, blah, blah, blah. I finished my work early, so I'm chatting. So I would get in trouble. My teacher would do this thing. Multiple teachers would do this thing where they'll, they'll call it putting you in Siberia. So they would literally take your desk and put you off in the corner by yourself so that you won't talk to nobody. And I don't think teachers really thought about how that might affect a kid, but I remember 
it's one thing to feel isolated, but it's one thing to actually be isolated. And don't get me wrong, people still walk by and talk to me. I wasn't, people weren't ignoring me because I was in the corner, but it's something about everybody in the group chatting around and helping each other and you just sitting there in your desk by yourself, like, you know, having to kind of deal with that and being put in a corner has emotionally and mentally put me back in that space because literally when people walk in, can't see who's walking in. I have to wait till they walk to a certain point. People are walking in the other door and it's like my back is turned to them. So I got to turn around and look. And I just feel it, it takes me back to a space like that. And it's just so funny that you never realize what you're not comfortable with. Right. Like. I would never have assumed that something like that would make me uncomfortable. But here we are. And I'm kind of glad about it. I understand my boss's point of view where it's like it feels like he's trying to, like, get me out of the space of being a service writer. And get me get me used to not doing that so I can get into my new phase of a job of being a full fledged salesman salesman who's always out and about. And blah, 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 like kind of in my own world in a sense, which I get it. But it's just cool. It's just funny to see that how a little bit of change can bring so many waves of different things that you never thought you never thought about or you never think about. So definitely something I wanted to share. And I felt like people can resonate with that. And, you know, when you find yourself in a season of change, I think it would be dope to reflect on it. Um, and realize that change is okay. You know, it's not, I know good change for the better or change for the worse are both uncomfortable, but nonetheless, that change is okay. And you will overcome it. It's just a matter of time. So yeah, I know we're probably all, all those who are going through change. You know, I hope, I hope hearing that, that other people are going through it helps you and, and knowing that, change is okay. It's normal. Things change every day. Things are changing that we don't even know. Sales are changing everything. So being comfortable in, in this new season of change, I hope, hope that brings some peace to you guys. I wanted to share that because yeah, it's been a lot in this ghetto, <laughs> as I tell Ari all the time. Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to go into some of the things that I've been seeing this week. Um, some topics that I want to really flesh, flesh out. Um, so while I'm at work, I have a little speaker and while I'm listening, while I'm at, while I'm at work, I like to listen to stuff. So I have a little speaker and while I'm usually I'm listening to some form of podcast, Alec Hermosi's Alex Hermosi's podcast is really good. Gary V is pretty good. Listen to Roy, the Roy Mall podcast. Listen to my own podcast, subscribe. Um, but I'll, one of the major podcasts that I find myself going back to a lot is the Dave Ramsey's Dave Ramsey's podcast. And uh, the other day I was listening to it, and I can't remember if it was a husband or a wife. I think it was a husband. Um, he called because they have a. I believe that he married into a family. Uh, the wife, his wife, had a kid already. And in that, he was trying to teach the kid, you know, financial literacy, you know, get on a budget, spend less than you earn, you know, kind of live within your means and and how to use your money to leverage it in different ways. Uh, you know, having the same account and she's at that age where she's getting ready to go to college. I think she's 18. And he said he was trying to tell her, like, yeah, you know, don't go into debt. You know, you should try to cash flow college so that when you're out, you can instantly start earning more money, blah, blah, blah. And she said something that cracked me up. She said um, something to the effect that I don't care about going into debt. That's for future me to worry about. And that split my wig. I ain't going to lie. First of all, she's a G for saying that because I didn't have that mindset at all at 18. Don't worry about it. Future me is going to deal with it. I'll let future me deal with that. Like, pfft, that's hilarious. But nonetheless, a flawed mentality because if we, if we apply that to everything, one, we will only make bad decisions. 
And at one point, it's all going to build up to a point where you have such a mountain of things that you have to deal with that <laughs> future you ain't going to be able to even handle it unless you just believe in yourself so much. You're going to become a millionaire, which, you know, hey, some shout out to people who do that. But I think most of us aren't going to be able to achieve that. <laughs> but I kind of wanted to, to expand on that. Um, you know, even though I never had that mentality per se. I can relate to when I was younger when it comes to certain stuff where it's like, I'm not tripping on certain things because I'm going to be set up in a way that I don't got to worry about it. I'm not worried about, you know, trying to buy a house or anything like that because when I'm set, I'm going to be in a position later on in life that I'm going to buy whatever house I want. Like I'm not worried about working out because I'm going to be in a position later in life that I'm going to be able to work out every day. I'm not worried blah, 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 you know, fall down that, that rabbit hole. And I think it's very, again, that mentality is very dangerous because the question we never ask ourselves is like, what if that doesn't happen? You know, what if I don't, what if down the line, the most money I make is, you know, 50 to 60 to $70,000 a year. I can't buy whatever house I want to buy at that time. (laughs) You know, that's, I mean, that's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but you know, as house prices go up, you do want to be preparing for that time. Um, you know, what if, you know, I could be talking about, I could work out whenever or whatever, but what if I don't get to a point where I can have the schedule that I want? You know what I mean? So while I understand that mentality, I think we do have to be careful. And I do want to just share that with you that, you know, it's better I think presence, in my opinion, is a key to success, a key to success, being present. I think. I think about where I'm at right now, and I would would consider myself successful, not in a financial way, but as far as um, I am where I want to be and I'm working towards where I want to be. And that to me is what I call success. Um, and I think me being present from the age of 18 to now at 26, I've been present about the journey that I'm on and conscious of what I'm trying to achieve. And in that it's allowed me to know what I do want to do and I don't want to do. And I'm just not perfect. I'm definitely done things that I didn't want to do. And definitely has put off stuff that I've been wanting to do. But nonetheless, I understand that working out is something that I do enjoy. So in being present in that and realizing that I really do enjoy working out, especially because I I think about from here to now, I've, I've, I've had seasons of consistently working out. I just enjoy it. I feel better. And I look better. <laughs> so, you know, that's something that even if I can only do it a little bit, something that, that I prioritize, um, budgeting, I feel more at ease and at peace when I have a budget. Um, right now I have debt. When I was debt free, I just felt like I could do whatever the heck I want. So with that being the case, I understand being president in that, I know a major thing for me. I'm not going to put off paying off my debt when I make more money. I want to put off, I want to make, I want to, you know, take chunks out of that debt while I'm going forward because what if I don't get a better job and then I have more debt? So why not pay the debt off now and be in a more comfortable place, a more peaceful space and be able to do more with the money I make. So that way, when I do get to that point, I just got more resources, you know? So I think I thought it was funny to think about it. And I, I realize I feel like a lot of people definitely run around with that mentality of letting the future you take care, take care of stuff. Um, don't be that person, you know, be move. I think uh, the recent Cat Williams interview on Club Shay Shay, he talked about live every day. He lives every day like he going to die that evening, you know, if we live with that mentality, we won't we won't do some of the little things that we do. If I know 
I mean, you never know. You think you're going to die, you might go into debt. <laughs> but I hope you wouldn't do stuff like that. You know, if I knew, you know, um, if I was going to die tonight and I wanted to leave the best version of myself, there's a lot of things that I would be doing that I don't do daily. So I kind of, even though I don't subscribe fully to that mentality, I do like the thought that it brings that, you know, you got to put your best foot forward every day because you never know this might be your last. So why not be in the best shape possible? Why not have the most resources available to me at, at any given time? Why not, you know, X, Y, Z? So definitely a, a good thought I had that week on that. And I wanted to share that. Um, I wanted to, I was on Instagram and I don't know if you have, if you haven't, um, you need to go check out that clip of Taraji P. Henson talking about her pay disparity. I think she didn't go too deep into it, but to see the emotional weight that it, it holds on her um, kind of made me emotional. Um, you know, it takes a lot to maintain a team for her, especially if you want to pay people. Um, I imagine if you want to pay people what they're worth, it can be a lot to maintain a team. So she talks about how she's constantly had to take on jobs to keep her team up. Um, and I didn't realize that that was going to be such a divisive topic. You know, I realize there's two sides of people in this argument. There's one side where it's like, girl, you make millions of dollars. Your house is worth X amount of million. You get to travel and go wherever you want. Ain't nobody trying to hear about you not making more millions than you're already making. Like you make multi-millions. Shut up. That's one side of people. And then there's, there's the other side that are more principle based where it's like, it's not about the money. It's the fact that she only gets paid a fraction of what she's worth compared to her counterparts. You know, she does the same work that her counterparts, her counterparts do, but yet she feels like she still has to compete to, yeah, basically right there. She has to compete to get what she's paid, what she's paid. It's not recognized that she's done multiple successful, multiple successful movies and she shouldn't have to fight for what she's worth, you know? Um, and I wanted to share that because I think it was Vlad, DJ Vlad, the culture vulture himself kind of talking about it. And he's more on the side, like you, you make millions of dollars I don't make as much money as you and I'm doing good, blah, 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 blah. You know, that whole, I won't, you know, you know, that whole argument that was divisive. A lot of people's like, Vlad, stop talking. Start, can you stop talking on black women business? You know what I'm saying? You a white dude, you live in a different realm and blah, blah, blah. But, um, I reflect, as I was thinking about, I, I was trying to think, what is my position on this? And, I'm pretty mixed up, honestly. Like, I understand on a on a deeply emotional level, you know, almost from a, a place of like, I don't have that type of money. So I can, I resonate with the part where I was like, man, ain't nobody trying to hear you complain that you don't got enough money because you made, you know, 10 million instead of, you know, 20 million. Like, I'm not trying to hear that. Um, but there's another part of me that there's a bigger part of me, I should say that really feels where she's coming from. Again, I, I stick to the notion that Taraji P. Henson does not do less work than a Sandra Bullock. If anything, if she's doing more jobs, she's doing more work. So to do, you know, no matter what, if Sandra Bullock does a movie or Taraji P. Henson does a movie, she still has to take the time to learn the role. She still has to get her body into a certain shape that they want the character to be in. She still has to, you know, fly to these different places and do these jobs. She still has to remember the script. She still has to do all these different things that come with being an actress that her other counterparts would have to do if they got the same role. So I don't see this, you know, I get it to us. It's like, oh, it's not manual labor, but it's still a job. 
there's still an art to it. There's still a level of skill. Not anybody can just act like Taraji P. Henson. Like, let's be real. There's still a level of skill to it. And I think she should be recognized for that skill. I, I really resonate with her where it's like, you know, it's tough when you see somebody else doing the same thing as you and getting paid two to three times as much as you. Like, that's that can be an emotional burden, especially when you're doing it, quote unquote, right as far as doing right by your team. Um, I feel like I don't know the industry. You know, some people feel like maybe she should have made different business decisions to leverage her money further, but not everybody can do that. So, you know, there's there's multiples of people who are just actors or actresses and they can do it without having a production company, without, you know, X, Y, Z. So why isn't she allowed that same luxury? So, you know, I feel for my girl, you know, I feel for Taraji P. Henson. I think she's valid in feeling the ways that she feels. Um, and it speaks to the industry that we still got a lot of work to do. And as a black person, it's a, it's another realization that we don't have the luxury of just kind of being complacent. We do have to be, we do have to think about how we're leveraging the resources that we have at all times. Cause if not, we'll very much so be left in the, you know, left in the dust. One more thing I want to share from this week. I don't know if you guys, if you guys don't know, Louis Vuitton made Pharrell their um, designer for their men's collection after, you know, Virgil died. Rest in peace, the goat Virgil. You know, after he passed away that we know we all thought about everybody was in the fashion world was thinking, oh, no, who they going to replace? Like, who can replace Virgil? Who can replace Virgil? And they chose Pharrell. And some people were like, what? Pharrell? Really? This and that, whatever. But if y'all don't know, Pharrell's been in the fashion game for a long time. I mean, obviously, we all know Billionaire Boys Club. Um, But again, we know. I think he got a brand too. Uh, is it Creams and something? I can't remember the name of it. But Skateboard P has been in fashion since the beginning. I think he was with Kanye early on and even before he was he had some uh, inklings in fashion. So I was not surprised to see Pharrell. You know, people who might only know him for music might be like, what? But Pharrell has really been solid when it comes to the fashion game. So. I was not surprised. I was not nervous about him being in menswear. And he recently did his third show. Um, and I'm not going to lie, bro. It was fire. He'd have, he went heavy on the Western Americana. I think it was like LV meets Virginia or something like that. And them pieces that he got in that show. Them mugs are fire. I'm not gonna lie to you, I, I'm not. I haven't seen the show fully. I just saw like the different, the different uh, models walking down, and he got some heat. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna probably put some up here. But Pharrell killed it with this one. He had, he made some. They did some. I think he even partnered up with Timberland to make some boots and stuff like that. Like, it was really dope. He had like, he kind of went with this like. Hmm. The more I like the more like it's like workwear style. So it's like these long dusters that kind of have that that like workwear collar. He has some of those farmhand jackets, like those like heavy duty. I don't know if you guys have ever seen um what's that show? Yellowstone, like those jackets that you would see the guy in Yellowstone wearing. He has some of those jackets, obviously the cowboy hats. I think my favorite piece that I saw so far is that he had this hoodie. This it looked like this color of this of this shirt, chocolate brown hoodie. And he had for the strings that come out of the hoodie, he had a bolo tie, that the cowboy bolo tie with the strings. He had that pendant and the strings went through that. And I'm so sorry. I thought that was the like the most fire thing that I've seen. You know, he had the I think he had a turquoise, he had like a, a sand colored duster with the frills on the end and the buttons were like turquoise, um, like that turquoise you see on a native American. I thought that was fire. He also, I think he also had a turquoise bag 
that was that color. And I'm sorry, he he went off, has some leather. He has some more like leather pieces that have like some of those like those like uh, worn button looks like, man, he really went off, bro. So one of my favorite shows I've seen in a long time. I'm usually I feel like Prada, the Prada men's kills it when it comes to men's shows. Louis Vuitton has had a couple good shows, but this is probably one of my favorites so far. Like I've never been a big person who wanted Louis Vuitton. Like I've always loved the brand and love what they do. I love how they have the ability to, to, you know, push ideas that most people wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do just because they're killing the market the way they do. They don't go on sale. A lot of, a lot of mentalities that I love with Louis Vuitton, but these pieces really had me thinking like, Ooh, man, I might want to buy a piece of Louis Vuitton. Like I might have to break my bank. They had another, I think they had another one where it was like a, a cowboy hat with the, like the, the branded LV on it. Like it was some fire stuff. I'm not going to lie. If you haven't checked it out, please go check out Pharrell's recent, you know, show with LV Louis Vuitton. It was fire. I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see who buys some pieces and rocks them. You know, they're very, I can see that being rocked in a streetwear fashion. But I also, I'm as someone who's a big fan of uh, Polo Ralph Lauren, something about Americana is always going to tear me up. It's going to make me feel good. The boots were fire. Hats were fire. I love dusters. I love long coats. I'm a tall guy. So very excited to see where we go. Um, so I do want to get into some gems of the week. I got a couple of gems I want to share. Not very many. Um, but again, if you made it this far, do me a favor. Like the video if you're on YouTube comment what you've learned so far what you appreciate your favorite topic and subscribe you know what i mean i appreciate you you know all of it helps lets me know that i you know i'm adding some kind of value to you guys and you guys are enjoying it if you're listening to the audio version do me a favor subscribe if you haven't and do me a favor rate it i don't know i, I believe you can rate five stars on apple Podcasts. i don't know if there's a rating system on spotify but if you can rate it on there or like it, whatever you can do, it helps out a lot, and I very much appreciate it. Um, but yeah, before before all that, let's get into the gems. Um, one of the gems that stood out to me, there's a brand, um, Idea Generation. They're like a content content brand. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I, I hate that it's slipping my name, slipping my head, but slip in my mind, I should say, uh, I can't remember the name of the interviewer, but he used to interview for complex, um, on the blueprint, but he went over to idea generation. And he now does that same style of interview with them. And he recently interviewed, uh, King push. And in that interview, uh, push a T I saw the clip recently on Instagram, push a T said something that really stuck out to me. I want to share it with you guys. It was, he was talking about when he makes music, he said, I make something, I make something so great that it competes with everything. I'm gonna say that again. I make something so great that it competes with everything. And this concept for me really like, like really just, I really just enjoyed it. It really spoke to the soul and speaks to a motivation I have for this year to live with the highest level of excellence, like live it to my, you know, try to be the best that I can be because man, how many times do we try to make the best thing for our level, make the best thing compared to the people around us, the best thing in our niche and like, what would things be like if we made something that competes with everything? And that don't mean that you're going to make, you know, a Steven Spielberg movie or, you know, a, a Tim Burton style movie, you know, but what if you push yourself to that level every time? How much better would you get over time? How much dope products would you put out how much more prouder would you be of the stuff that you're putting out you know i know there's a couple of things that i put out where maybe looking back on it 
I might be like, ooh, it's kind of rough. But I remember in those moments that I posted those videos, like, man, this is the best that I could do. And this came out dope. You know, this really came out fire. And I think having a mentality like that would ultimately help prevent you from even doing from things like burnout. Like if I'm constantly doing the best I can do and enjoying the process and, you know, just really getting it out. How can you not, you know what I'm saying? Enjoy it. Like, man, that was fire. Can watch something and with confidence be like, that was fire. That was hot. Like that was not just the best. Like, yeah, it was the best I could do at my level, but it was the, you know, I, I applied some things that I feel like this can compete. Like anybody who watched it will understand that I did the best that I can do. Not just, oh, that was cool for a low, you know, a small YouTuber. No, I want to compete with Casey Neistat and them. Having that mentality, how much further would you push yourself? How much more things would you try that you wouldn't usually try because, oh, I'm just not there yet. How much further would you push your equipment and your skills? I think it's I think it's fire. You know, I, I was happy that he shared that. And I was happy that they made a clip out of that because it really spoke to me. And again, I wanted to share that with you guys, like to so we can all be in that mentality of like, what would our product look like if we not only made the best product that we can make, but we made something that competed with movies, with music, with pictures we made the best thing possible to gather the most most attention what would that look like i think that was a dope idea that i wanted to share another thing obviously club shay shay has blown up the last couple of weeks with the cat williams interview um or as ariel likes to call it club cray cray shout out to ariel um Cat Williams, first of all, I want to speak to the interview. Cat Williams is a master at being very honest. I think you can tell from his demeanor and his position that he spoke from a deep place. This was not malice. Yeah, he was there to entertain, but he spoke his his truth and was very honest about how he felt about a lot of things that a lot of people won't do. You know, social media where we quick to be PC, but he was very honest about how he felt about a lot of things. And I really appreciate it. I cannot lie. Like it was very refreshing to, to sit there and take that in. Like, okay, we know that cat's not being PC. We know cat's not trying to lose, not trying to lose a deal. He was very honest about, you know, he wasn't trying to be blackballed. He was very honest about how he felt about certain people and certain characters and how they felt about him and, and why and what he's done. And I, I thought that was very fire. But in the interview, um, the interviewer, why, am I, why is his name slipping in my mind? What is the name of the interviewer? Why is his name slipping in my mind? keep saying club shay shay but what oh man give me a sec i gotta look it up because if not it's gonna it's gonna bother me what is this guy's name shannon sharp there you go i don't know why i don't know why maybe i've been saying shay shay so often that i'm not thinking about his name but shannon sharp asked him basically made the comment that cat it seems like once somebody's a friend with you, they friends for life. Like, like being your friend is puts them in a great position because you really ride for your friends. And Cat Williams said that for someone to be there, for someone to be his friend, I think Club, I think Shannon Sharp also spoke to like he had friends from different areas. You know, like Cat Williams talked about being in hard times and you know being around women who were involved in prostitution and. Um, you know, some people who are gang members, you know, being being in proximity with these people and even befriending some of these people. And I think Shannon Sharp was speaking to that a little bit as well, because Cat Williams responded by saying, um, as long as someone is honestly trying to do better, 
than what they're doing to him. They'll always be a friend. And I remember when I was with my ex-girlfriend, she used to say all the time, like, or she would make the notion that it felt like I would be friends with people too soon or I had loyalty to people that, um, and not in a bad way, I think this is healthy. I had loyalty to people that maybe didn't do the best by me or do the most for me that they could. And I never could find the words to explain why I was okay. Not well, people who abused who I am, but I was okay with people who might not be quote unquote on my level or might not be doing things that I necessarily would do. I think Cat Williams summed it up when he said that. I feel like personally as well, that as long as someone's trying to be the best version of themselves, people are aware of where they are in life and they understand that they want to do more than what they're doing. How can I not be a friend to that person? You know what I mean? Like, how can I not respect and have reverence for that person? How can I not be loyal to a person? Because it takes a lot for a person to, one, even recognize where they're at, but two, recognize that there's so much more that they can offer to the world and actively try to seek that. So I really resonated with that. Um, When we understand that nobody's perfect, because nobody's, nobody's, you know, everybody's done some level of dirt. Everybody has a little bit of darkness in them. It's just sinful. We all have sinful nature. So if we know that nobody's perfect, why would I not want to side with people or be friends with people who are trying to be the best version of themselves? trying to understanding where they're at, but still striving to be the best version. You know, yeah, I'm not a gangster, but why would I not be friends? Why would I not befriend a gangster if he knows this is not a lifestyle I want to live? I want to turn this into something else, something that's more beneficial. I would rather be friends with that person than someone who might look better as a businessman, but takes any chance to screw somebody over, you know? I'm not, uh, what word would I use? I don't subscribe to the semantics of it. We're all gross in certain ways. We're all bad in certain ways. So being the best version of yourself, trying understanding that you're trying to be the best version, because it could be a gangster, you know, when we think of old school gangsters, not the new state, not the new age where people getting shot and killed and killing anybody they can, but the era where it's like, yeah, this guy might be selling drugs, but he's making sure kids are going to school safe. You know, he's making sure to give turkeys to families in need. He's making sure these different things like, yeah, I'm not saying because he gives turkey, he's a good guy. But you can see that he recognizes this is the life that he lives and the way that he might have been raised. But that's not where it ends. You know, he can still strive to be a better person and they usually are. Why would I not team up with a person like that and even maybe give them opportunity to get out of that life? You know, like I thought he said that it really that really resonated with me and it's in line with where I'm at, where, yes, someone might not be as productive as me. Someone might not be going as hard as me. Someone might not be as financial savvy as me. Someone might not be as spiritual as me, but they might be doing their best given their position. And if they're doing that, I'll be your friend and support you. I don't give a care where you're at in life. Cause I, I see that you're trying to do way more than most people are. Some people get heavily complacent because they, they have, a, they doing a little bit better than most people. Like I don't want to be friends with that. Somebody who's complacent in any phase of life. I want to be with people who are trying to be the best versus themselves. And I feel like people who know that they're not in the best position usually have that mentality. So yeah, I'm locked in those people. Shout out to them. Um, the last clip I want to share, the last gym I want to share um, is from a Gary V clip. 
Um, and I feel like, so basically in a clip, uh, Gary V, as he usually does, is talking to a, a, a person who walked up to him, walked up to him in any random circumstance. So it was a girl walking up to him in a parking garage and she was saying something to the effect of like, um, one day I'm going to be somebody, you know, we all feel that way. Like one day I'm going to be somebody, one day I'm going to be the main character in my life. One day I'm going to X, Y, Z. And Gary Vee did something that I really loved. He stopped her, grabbed her by her, both her shoulders, looked her straight in the eyes and said, listen to me, you are somebody right now. You are somebody right now. And while it might seem like a simple statement, being aware that no matter what you are somebody is important. Like, and understanding that, again, it goes back to presence. Understanding that right now, you are somebody right now. You are the best version of yourself right now. You can do the things that you think you can't do. You can work towards achieving things that you never thought you can achieve. Right now, you can do that. Right now, you are somebody. You don't have to have six figures. You don't have to have that body. You don't, you know, you don't have to have that job, that career. You know, you don't have to be married. You don't have to have kids. You don't have to have anything. You are somebody right now, whether, no matter what you have. And I feel like there's a lot of power in that. And it frees, there's a lot of freedom in that. And knowing that no matter what, if this video bombs, I am somebody. If this video blows up, I am somebody. Like no matter what, if I get this dope career and I lose my job because I get I get laid off, I'm am somebody. I think Gary Vee spoke to this before like the reason why he has been so successful is because from day 1 he knew who he was. He knew that he was somebody. And, you know, I talked to, I was at an event not too long ago, maybe a month ago, and I met a young lady there, shout out to Lemon, Lemon Golf. She's a musician, check her out, her music, her music's really good, I enjoyed it. But I was talking to her, and I remember she said she was in a space in her life right now where she's learning to live authentically. And maybe I shouldn't have said this, but it was my truth in that moment. I told her, I said, honestly, I usually say I feel that and I relate. But I remember saying to her, like, I can't relate to that. I've always, no matter what space that I've been in, I've always lived as authentically as I could. And hearing Gary Vee say that, like, no matter what level he was at, he was always the best. He, You know, he was always somebody. He was always the best version of himself. He was always, he always had a high level of confidence. I really felt that. Even though... I wouldn't say maybe I've had the best level of confidence at all times. But when I think back to some of the stuff that I've done, <laughs> when I think about some of the things that I've done, like looking back, like, bro, what were you thinking? By the same time, at that time, I felt like, why not me? That notion of why not me? I am somebody. So yeah, this girl might be pretty, but why, you know, why would she date me? Why would she not date me and date the next guy? I'm just as dope as the next guy. I remember this is a line I used to say all the time when I was younger. If I'm pretty sure I'll, I could pull Beyonce. And if you saw how I dressed back then, Jesus Christ. <laughs> For me to have that notion was hilarious. And it's. Yeah, it was a little delusional, but I ain't mad at it. You know, nothing wrong with a little delusional confidence. I really felt that way. Like, bro, if you put me in a room with Beyonce and gave me the opportunity to talk to her, I'm pretty sure I could pull Beyonce. I, I full-blooded believed that with all my heart. And sometimes I wish I could tune into that again because I don't know if I got that in me now. But it spoke to the mentality I had of myself that time that why not? You know, why wouldn't I be able to pull Beyonce? I mean, I'm a dope person. Yeah, I might not have the money or something like that, but do that really matter? Do that, you know... I never subscribe to money going to make who you are. Like, you know, if 
you whack and you got money. You just a whack nigga with money. <laughs> it's that simple. So I really, I really, um, it really, it really spoke to me and it made me think of a time too when, um, you know, it made me think of, even though I've been confident, it makes me think of some of the times where I'm hard on myself as well. And I think we're all, I think this is where she was more at it. She's hard on herself because she might not be doing what she feels like she should be doing right now. And I think sometimes we need to take a step back. I'll share a story. I remember when I was streaming. I was streaming five days a week, two streams a day, a morning stream, go to work, night stream, edit. That was my life. And it was a crazy life. And I remember thinking to myself, doing all that, I had this notion that, man, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I was feeling less than and feeling like I wasn't putting enough, putting out enough content. I need to be doing more. I need to be posting YouTube videos. I need to post social media clips. I need to be blah, 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 blah. I'm not doing enough. And I remember that really took a toll on my mental health. That and a bunch of different things. And when I think about how I was feeling at that time, and I watched this video with that with that woozy in mind, that young woozy in mind, I wish I could have had a Gary Vee in my life to tell me in that moment, like, hey, bro, like, you're doing what you're doing. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you, yeah, you might not be Lugwig or Ninja, but, bruh. You are woozy. You're doing what you say. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, you might not be doing, be able to do it at the level that you want or you feel like you should, but we can't all, you know, they had to start somewhere too. Ninja probably couldn't record every day, you know, every day and, and post a different YouTube video. Like, he, I'm pretty sure, that, you know, there's a long career that goes with this. So I was somebody in that moment. Even though if I didn't feel that way, I was somebody to someone, you know, I might not feel like, oh, I don't have 100 viewers watching my video at a time. But those people who came in, shout out to everybody who used to watch me back then. I was somebody they looked forward to watching. I was somebody. And even when I had zero viewers in that chat. I was somebody waiting to be seen like. I didn't need the views I didn't need the subscribers to let me know that I was somebody. I knew I was somebody. I was just waiting to be found. And I think that was something that I know now, but something I didn't realize then was like, I'm thinking that once I get these views and these subscribers and these followers and these, this money, I will then know that I'm somebody because look at the world's telling me by the money and by the views and by the subscribers that I'm somebody, but I didn't know then, but I know now that, no, I am somebody. I'm dope. I'm a dope person. I do dope things. I'm a genuine person. I have a way of carrying conversation. I have a way of speaking. I have a way of entertaining people. And in that, I'm somebody. So I'm just waiting for the world to catch up. <laughs> you know, shout out to Miss Mariana. She's blowing up right now. But like she said, too, she been somebody. The world just found out who she was. I've been somebody. I was somebody before I was woozy. I was somebody when I was Najara. You know, I was a dope person. I could pull Beyonce. <laughs> so, you know, some I think if nobody told you today, I want you to I want you to hear, you know, I want to look you in the camera and be like, and tell you that you are somebody right now. You know, whether you're the smallest guy at your company, moving yourself up the ranks, whether you are doing a sport and trying to get better at it, whether you are in your own content career and trying to gain followers and subscribers and gain attention, you are somebody right now. You are a dope person right now. And I think it's important to hear that and know that, that no, you're not going to be somebody once you get the views. You are somebody right now. And you're just, we're just, we just don't know who you are right now. But once we do, we don't realize how dope you are, like you already know. And if you don't know, you better figure it out. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, guys, I think I think I'm going to end the podcast here. I think that was everything. Not I think I know I have no more topics. Those are all the gems that I have for the week. I hope you got something from this video. Um, if you enjoy it, do me a favor, like the video, subscribe, comment something that stuck out to you and let me know why it stood out to you. Um, if you're listening to the audio version, do me a favor, like comment, subscribe. Um, if you're not already subscribed to the, um, subscribe to the email list, to the newsletter, uh, newsletter is monkey mind journal. It should be in the description, either on the podcast or on the um, YouTube video. Subscribe to it so that way you get this video straight to your email. I'm going to start posting these on Mondays again. So if you want to be in that loop, go ahead and sign up to the newsletter. Um, yeah, I want to let you know, too, if you got to the end, I appreciate you guys. Um, share this video with somebody who might enjoy it. You know, I, I want this to be an organic podcast. You know, I don't I want to grow this naturally. I want this to be a real community. So if you enjoyed it and got something out of it, I want you to do me a favor and send this to the next person. Share this with somebody else. Share this with somebody, you know. Um, as always, it's been a great time, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.